What's up? This is Aaliyah. Welcome to Writing Practice. This episode is from September of 2019, and it's a topic that I have had to deal with a lot since I've been a writer slash editor, and that is, how do you find a mentor? People have either asked me to be their mentor over the years, and when I say no, which I always do, they ask me how they're supposed to be able to find one. I think that mentorship is organic, and in this episode, I explain why, in my opinion, you can't decide you're going to go out and find one. The right mentor is going to find you. So enjoy writing practice. So, hey, everyone. And hey, everyone in Instagram land. This is Aaliyah S. King, writer extraordinaire. I like to think of myself as a master of the written word. Except I'm not. But I I was making a video about something or another. And I referred to myself as a master of the written word. And Voice of God told me this. And I did not believe him. I was like, you're lying. I would never. But I actually did say that. And I don't think that, by the way. Um, I do not think I am the Voice of God. Wish I had my glasses, but we're going to make do because I see Deontay is here. I love her dearly. I'm always happy to see folks. Who else is here? Folks are in the building. Um, I have an interesting topic. I don't like the word interesting. My mom always says that I can't use the word interesting, nice, or good. You should always be able to find another word for those things. Voice of God, do you have a pen and paper by any chance? I do not, but I can get one. No, it's okay. Um, you can just, no, it's fine. Now, I do need my charger though, because my laptop is at 6%. I didn't realize that. So I guess since you're gonna get that, we can do a charger. Okay, so here, we're here. I'm here for a minute without Voice of God. Um, I'm so happy to be here, you guys. This is really like, I'm starting to get really used to this. It's starting to become really fun for me. Um, Today's topic is mentors. Do you need one? Do you have one? How do you get one? Um, I want to talk about my thoughts on mentorship. I don't generally go for, I don't tell people, how to find a mentor. So if that's what you're looking for today, then I might not give you all that you want because I don't really feel like that's something you can do. I don't feel like you can just wake up one day and say, I want to find a mentor. I think true mentors tend to be organic. I think you just kind of happen upon them and it works out or it doesn't work out. I don't think that you can really make it work. And maybe I'm wrong about that. But the, the few times that someone has come to me and said, hey, can you be my mentor? I have always said no, because I think it's something that's organic. You know, we meet at a conference and I take an interest in you and your work. And then we go have coffee one day and you ask me a bunch of questions. And then I hear about a job that I think you might be great for and you get the job. 
And now you're my mentee and I look out for you. Um, that's how it works for me. I wouldn't, you know, I don't know how it works for other folks, but I'm thinking maybe there has to be some type of middle ground where you can, you know, make that work. Um, oh, oh, okay. Just wanted to make sure my Facebook looks weird. Why is there nobody on Facebook? But I thought, cause, uh, okay. Um, I want to talk about Shaniqua Golding. Um, I was supposed to tag her in the post so that um, she might check in with us tonight, but I forgot to because I had a client and there was just a lot going on. Um, Shaniqua is a writer, a master of the written word. No, I wouldn't say that, but she's dope. She's dope, dope. Um, the only reason why I said I wouldn't say she was the master of the written word is because that just sounds obnoxious, not because she's actually not that great of a writer, because she's a great writer. Um, you should follow her on Twitter. I believe she's just Shaniqua Golding. Um, and she's good. She's got good tweets. She gives good tweets. And I met Shaniqua because she took a one-day class that I offered in Manhattan about 10 years ago. And she just came to life in that class. Like, I just couldn't stop. Like, I had to make it my business not to only talk to her because that's how bright and effervescent she was. And she was just, I'll never forget, she had on a, a cartoon character t-shirt. It was either Mickey Mouse or The Simpsons. It was something, SpongeBob maybe. It was something that caught my eye. Um, and she still, her t-shirt game is still pretty sick. And so after the event, my assistant at the time said, you know, do you have a minute? Can you talk to Shaniqua? She wants to talk to you. And I was like, of course. And within those 15 minutes, I was like, I need to be in the Shaniqua Golding business. Like, I just wanted to help her. I wanted to see her on to the next step. So a lot of times a mentee is somebody who's probably going to do okay, whether or not you're their mentor. Shaniqua Golding has had a wonderful career over the past decade, and she would have, whether or not she met me. Um, but a week later, it just so happened that my editor, um, Smokey Fontaine, was looking for someone at his magazine, looking for an assistant um, or a, a editorial assistant, maybe, whatever it was. I said, I have the person for you, period, the end. And... I said, you don't need to interview anybody else. You don't need to talk to anybody else. Shaniqua Golding is going to be your next assistant. And he's like, uh, that's a little strong. And I'm like, well, then you know what it is. I called her. She went there. She nailed the interview. She got the job. He's like, I love her. Good, good looking out. And I'm like, yeah. Well. Um, after she left there, I was talking to a friend of mine, um, Jermaine Hall, good friend of mine. And he was looking for someone at Vibe. And I said, I got the person. You don't have to interview anybody. You don't need to talk to anybody. She's been working for Smokey and now she's about to come work for you. And she did. So did I mentor her? No, not really. I recognized her talent and I looked out for her when I could. That's it, truly. Um, and I would still do that to this day if something came up. Actually, about two years ago, someone hit me up for a gig. And I said, I think I know the person. And I reached out. She didn't end up wanting to look into it. But I still will go to her if it's necessary. Um, so am I her mentor? I don't know. I'm not sure if I mentor her through life. I just think I know her talent. And I want to, you know, I want to see her do well. So how do you get a mentor? How did she get me? She took my class, which is kind of cringy. Because that means that she paid her way.
into me recognizing her talents, but what the hell? That's sometimes how that works. Um, I offer free classes here at Third Space, 142 Lafayette Street, North New Jersey. If you cancel a free class here and you're a young up and coming writer, you're pretty much automatically mentee status. Like if you email me and say, oh, I came to your class, can you help me with X, Y, Z? Then of course I'm gonna help you. I give free 15 minute consultations every once in a while. Literally, I just go on Instagram, I go on Facebook. Hey, here's the link to my calendar, sign up. That's pretty much allowing you to get mentee status, even if it's only for 15 minutes. So I talk to people, I figure out, you know, what's going on. I give them whatever help I can. If you follow up with me later and say, hey, I was thinking about doing X, Y, Z. What do you think? I'm going to respond to you and I'm going to help you as best as I can. Is that me being your mentor? Not really. But what do you really need? What does being someone's mentor actually need? You know what, Boys of God? I do not want to talk about mentors. So don't. I am completely bored. Okay, so don't. What are we talking about? You said prepare, Aaliyah, so that when you get here, you're not all deer in the headlights. And I don't remember what I said, but I'm sure it was something like, eh. And wait, how do I go to my live? I don't even know how to go to my live. Um, does uh, you to you do look at who I manage? Okay, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Hey Deb, how are you? Welcome, Cecily. I didn't see you there. When did you pop up? Oh, I see. So y'all just late, Ghana. I see you late. It's 8 11. Mm -hmm. What she means is thank you for being here. Oh, I mean, thank you for being here, everyone. I really appreciate you being here. Um, it's, it's very special to me. So Ghana, give us a topic because the topic today was supposed to be mentorship, but it's not, I'm not feeling it. Um, I don't really have much to add to the, the conversation and I'm going to talk about something else and Ghana, don't laugh. And Ghana is going to, has the responsibility of giving us the topic. Um, Instagram, I'm looking at you too. Mm -hmm. Well, you're in very much a hurry up and wait mode. I am. I am in hurry up and wait mode with a lot of things. And that's really difficult um, for me. I think it's difficult for most writers to have a lot on your plate, but for many of them to be hurry up or wait situations. Um, I have a new project that I think I'm gonna be working on soon. This is your fault. what I do? Last week, the happy hour. That messed me up. Yeah. So now I'm having a hard time getting back into the groove of what I do here. Stop. That's it. That's exactly what's happening. Plus, you won't let me, because this is. Well, we could all just sit and look at each other. We sing old Negro spirituals. This is how Voice of God somehow gets fired. All I'm saying is, this is your fault because 
you let me not talk about anything writery last week. And now I'm off my hustle. So last week, y'all, I didn't talk about, you know, if you missed last week, you missed a whole lot. And I deleted it. So I didn't let it live on my Facebook page the way I normally do. Um, so it's gone. If you didn't see it, you didn't see it. And you never will. Okay. Deontay says she has a question, but she needs a minute. Take your time. Because you know what? I've been doing this for a long time. And it's about time that this happens to me. I just don't have anything to say. I think I've been doing a live every Wednesday all year. No, not all year. For a long time. Since back when I was doing it at my kitchen table with no mic, no mixer, just me and my laptop. And that's it. With my kid running around. While we're sorting that out, we have plenty of things to plug. Uh, we do. We have so many things to plug. Okay. So that's good. Thank you, Voice of God, for un getting yourself fired. Um, Damon Young, the author of What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Blacker, will be here from Pittsburgh to here for the first time ever in New Jersey, making his first author appearance in New Jersey. He's going to be here at my space, third space, Monday, September 23rd. At 7 p.m., he will be signing copies of his new book, What Doesn't Kill You Makes You Blacker. And he and I will be having a nice little kiki chat chat. Um, and that's happening. So that's one thing we need to figure out. Um, what, what else is going on? Oh, my 12-week accountability session. If you're trying to get that book done, that's starting very soon. Um, you can see the link in my bio if you're on Instagram. And you can see the link on my Facebook page, actually, in my bio as well. Um, the 12-week series. Yes. 12-week uh, series, if you're working on a book and you want to get it done by December 21st, link in my bio for that. The class is on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Um, what else? Is it too soon to talk about Yes. Shit? Okay. Wait, what? Pod. The other <gasps> Much too soon, much too soon, much too soon. Because you can riff on that for about an hour, really. Um, what else that would have been, been for last week. Hey, Simply Re, I miss you. I haven't seen you on here in a while. You usually check in. Um, what book signing, Keani? I'm talking about Damon Young's book signing. Are you even in New Jersey right now, Keani? Don't tempt me. Don't be acting like you're going to come visit me and you're not even in the state because I want to hear it. Um, we also have a free event coming up, don't we? October 6th. Yes. Yes. There'll be a free event here um, about the myth of writer's block. And um, that's free. October 6th. Sunday, October 6th. Here at Third Space, 142 Lafayette. I need to write that down because that's not... I need a, um, a flyer for that. However will I get one? <laughs> As you stare at me. <laughs> I didn't stare. I just... Huh. Deb on Facebook just said, what are your thoughts on consenting? I don't know what you mean by that. Um, I'm not sure what that means. Do you mean on consent, like, like sexual consent? Or I don't know. Give me some more details. Hi, Nadine. Because I don't know what that means. 
Myth of Writer's Block is on October 6th. Looking forward to that. I need to start pushing that because I haven't really pushed that yet. Um, and you know what? I don't know if it's going to be free. Why is it free? Because you love the people and the people love you. I think that I'm advocating for the people. Just let that be. I mean, it doesn't have to, it doesn't happen. It doesn't have to be a hundred dollars, but I think people respect my time and my space more when there's some charge involved, quite frankly. What do the people think? Yeah, well, we'll see. (laughs) Um, I think that's going to have some type of nominal. Sure. Nominal fee. Mm -hmm. And it's Um, worth it. Yes, definitely. Um, okay, so that's it for things that are coming up. Damon Young will be here on Monday. My 12-week class starts soon. The Myth of Writer's Block is on Sunday, October 6th here at Third Space. And Deontay just ruined it for everybody because she, in all caps, wrote, do not work for free. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank you for keeping the lights on. That's it. She's right. So Deb is talking about co-writing. Well, I mean, I've done it many times. So it can be, I was just talking about this with Voice of God, actually. No, it wasn't Voice of God. Uh-uh-uh-uh. No, it was Kenny Miles, the community manager here at Third Space. We were having a conversation. Kenny and I go way back to the source in the 90s, and he was at Blaze and Black Enterprise. We both kind of circled each other in the journalism game. He's a little bit younger than me, but um, he was an assistant at the source when I came there as a staff writer. And we were talking about people we interviewed, celebrities that we both interviewed in our interactions with them and how they were a little bit different. Um, and so one person whose book I co-wrote, um, he had also interviewed and we were talking about this person and what a difficult, very difficult process this was. And in that instance, Co-writing sucked. Um, with Frank Lucas, co-writing sucked. I hated my life for that time period, for those 18 months. Hated it. He was horrible. Um, Faith Evans, it's great. We had a rhythm. We had a flow. She was open. She was honest. She had a good memory. Um, I enjoyed the time period we were talking about because we we're the same age. All that. So I loved co-writing with her. Um, now, if you're talking about co-writing with another, like, I guess, I think what I'm talking about is collaborating, actually. That's not really co-writing. If you're talking about just you and someone else, like, co-writing together, I'm not, I'm not down for that. I don't believe that that can actually, I mean, I know people do it. I know two women who are particularly great at it. They churn out awesome books together. But for me, I don't think I would, I don't know how that would work for me. Like, how do we have the same voice? How do we have the same thoughts? How do we have the same everything? Um, Why are you thinking about writing with someone else? Because if you are, I want to know why you need to write with someone else and not just with yourself. Because most people that I know, even if they write with someone else, they also write on their own. And they also wrote on their own first before they started to write with someone else. So it sounds like one of those things that people might use to get out of like, oh, it'll be easier if I write with somebody else. 
It's not. So don't, if that's why you're saying it. But if you've written before and you have a good idea and you want to do it with somebody else, I guess, I don't think I can really speak to that because the idea of writing something with someone else makes me think of my eighth grade group projects that I was the only one who did anything with um, in my high school group projects, my college group projects. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Dennis Bonnady, Rutgers University, class of 1993. I don't forget. I don't forget a thing. Showed up, talking all loud. But what'd you do? What'd you do, Dennis? I'm going to really regret saying that. I just know it. Anyway, um, yeah, Cecily, I'm thinking it's tough to make a co-writing situation cohesive. Um, unless you're doing different chapters and different people's voices, like I'm Leslie and you're Jane and I do a Leslie chapter and you do it. Ah, what is the, why? I don't understand why one would want to do that. It doesn't sound like fun to me. Um, Faith is here and Wilson's here. Hi, Wilson. Faith, uh, I worked with Faith when I was a teacher um, in high school. Faith, I don't know if you know this, but something that happened to your son, I'm, 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 your son must be an adult by now, but something happened to your son when he was really little that made its way into one of my books. So Faith Allen, she's teaching. She's got two little boys, I think. One of them is in kindergarten at this time, and he's dancing in the classroom, and he just wants to dance, and he, you know, got the kids cracking up, and the teacher's telling him to stop dancing, and he's like, nope, I'm going to dance getting on a table, dance, dance, dance. And so she says, I'm going to call your parents. And he's like, yeah, whatever, dance, dance, dance. So he calls Miss Allen. Forgive me if I'm not getting the story completely right. She gets taken out of class. She was in the room with my mom. That's how I know the story. And the teacher's like, he's dancing on the table and he's dancing around. He won't stop. And she's like, this don't make no sense. I'm, an, I'm a teacher. I'm in class. I can't deal with this. So she calls her husband. Your son is up in there dancing in kindergarten. Handle it. Husband's like, all right, cool. Husband's a state trooper, I believe. And he's in uniform. So the kid probably thinks mom's coming because whatever. So dad comes, uniform, gun, all of it. Just like, what? And he's like, what's the problem? Teacher's like, tell him. And the kid's like, what? And the teacher's like, he just wants to dance and doesn't want to listen to anything. And he says, oh, you want to dance? Let me see. Let me see your moves. What are you doing? And of course, the kid's like, he was like, dance right now. You either dance right now and show me all the dancing you were doing or it's about to go down in this classroom. So the kid's like, <laughs> dancing all slow. And he's like, said to the teacher, was he on the table? You say he got on the table? He got on the table. Get on the table. I always love that story. Like when my mom told me that story, I just cracked up. I had tears coming down my face at this kid, you know, in kindergarten having to dance on the table because his father told him to because he wanted to act like he didn't have any sense. This is kindergarten, maybe first grade. So um, in one of my books, I literally stole that whole entire scene um, and had, it was a girl actually, not a boy kid who was acting up and dancing and the parent had to come in and make her do that. So thank you, Ms. Allen, for, so your son, who I'm sure is probably an adult, um, that I appreciate him acting up, but it also made me think voice of, voice of God and I, 
Was that you I was talking to about the little kid? Yeah, because you were on the Twitters. Oh, the kid who had to dance as a yes. punishment? Yeah. But this wasn't that, because this was at the scene of the crime. Mm-hmm. Only the people there right. and no evidence, except... Oh, that makes it better. That does make it better. That was, that was the problem. The problem was the fact that the poor kid had to dance for hours. Oh, no, that wasn't the thing to me. That, that was wasn't what made it bad. The problem that to me was that he posted online. Oh, the, the parenting for social media yes. like we're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That well, was what made it Both of them were problems for me. But that's neither here nor there. Um, we'll save that for my show. Okay. We can do that. Uh, you have a question? Nadine, yes, I see it. Um, if you have already addressed this, I understand if you decline to address it again. Nadine, I can promise you that tonight <laughs> I'm not declining addressing anything. I'm just here. Can you provide some insight for novice newbie writers on the virtues of online writing classes versus in-person classes? Yes. So you said novice, right? So if you're new, I think it depends on what you're doing. Like I have a class, but it's not about content. It's about accountability. So it's about people checking in once a week to say that they've done whatever their goal was. So for that, online's fine. Um, Actually, it's fine. I think it's really personal. Whatever feels good to you. I don't think it really matters. I would like to be in person if I'm in a class. Um, But it depends on what the topic is. Is it fiction? Is it nonfiction? Is it poetry? Is it children's books? Um, Don't you think it's just what she wants? So actually, I'm going to shift the question slightly because I think, and I don't want to speak for anybody, but I think it might be more aligned one-on-one versus group classes because i think those end up being more of a differentiator than online versus in person but that's not what she's asking she's asking about online versus in person not one-on-one she's talking about an online class versus an in-person class which is different than the one-on-one um oh simply read just said how is your current book coming along it be your own people it be your own people. You know full well you can't ask me that. But tonight, I'm going to answer because that's the kind of night it is tonight. Nadine, I really think that it's up to you. I don't think that my gut says that in person for the camaraderie of the other students, but I'd rather you take the best, I'd rather you take the best online class for you then an in-person class, that's not the perfect fit. I really think it's whatever's the perfect fit. Um, I hope that was helpful. That is some quality parenting. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think you should do, give me a little bit more details. Where are these online classes that you're looking at? And where are these in-person classes that you're looking at? Because there's some in-person classes that can be really crappy, quite frankly. And there's some online classes that are crappy. So I would need to know if you really want my opinion. I want to know what you're looking at and what your thoughts are, what you're doing. Um, and also while you're at it, are you do you have a writing practice? Are you free writing three days a week for an hour? Because you don't have to be in any class to do that. Have you started doing that at least? Nadine, I want to know if you're writing already because it sounds like I would take a guess that you're waiting to start writing to figure out if you're going to do an online class or an in-person class. And that's that nonsense. 
You can, we can figure that out, but you need to be writing now. Oh, no, no, don't call out the classes. No, I don't want you to do that. Um, so how established in your writing practice should you be before you consider a class, whether it's accountability or anything else? Not very. I mean, give it a couple weeks, a month maybe. Um, Cause if you don't have, yeah, I had a feeling maybe. I'll be knowing. Try to write for yourself first before you take a class. You might not even know for sure which class is right. How do you know which class for, is right for you if you don't sit down and write for yourself for a bit? Three days a week for an hour, free write. Whatever comes out, comes out. Don't force it. Be more about sitting down than about the content that comes out. You may realize that for now, you have an idea that's flowing and you don't need a class at all. You're just using the, which class do I need as an excuse not to do what you already want to do, which is write. Stop getting caught up in the, the extra stuff. And this is coming from someone who teaches the extra stuff. That's right. Yeah, well, I need you to write outside of the class too. I've taken three or four classes, but I only write in the class. Yeah, man. No, no. You have to write regularly. Um, I'll come back to you. Yeah, yeah. Just go. Just write. And how is it a class? You, you're taking classes where you're only required to write in the class? You don't have, like, outside of a, outside assignments? That seems interesting. Is it about a particular, well, I don't want to go too deep into that, but I need you to set up a writing practice and be serious about it. Then it doesn't really matter what classes you take. Um, simply read my book. So I owe it to my, I'm on my third page one rewrite. It's painful. I have rewritten the book from page one three times. This latest version, I am 60, 70, 60,000 words in, I think. And I'm like a little more than halfway done. Um, and I know I just need to finish. I don't know what else to tell you. I want it done by the end of the year. I have not touched it in a couple months. Um, I was doing really well. My writing practice was going pretty well. And then my whole life just exploded. Um, I, yeah, a lot of stuff happened and I put it down. But I did put it down with intention. Like a lot of times when I take a break from a project, I'm like, I try to pretend like, um, oh, it's just for a minute. It's a week, another week, two weeks, three weeks. Like I know I was like, this is going to be on the shelf for a minute. And I'm going to have to do whatever else I need to do. So I've been working a lot and I moved into the office and I fell in love and I'm in a relationship and, you know, all kinds of great stuff happened. And I've been trying to be intentional and present for those things. Um, and soon um, it'll be time to get back to business. My birthday is next week. Yay. And my birthday is usually when I check in with myself with a lot of things. It's like my New Year's type of action. So I know one of the goals that I'm going to set for myself is to start carving out time to get it done. Can we talk on that for just a second? Because sure. I think you're not giving yourself enough credit. Hmm. How so? Um, we've spent the last couple of weeks creating a plan to plow through a bunch of work 
to clear out the time and money for you to actually sit down and write the book. So beyond just like crossing your fingers, somehow, you know, you've sat down with intention. There's been a lot of planning for you to be able to sit down and that's true. actually do this, get this book done. That's true. But um, that's recent. That was literally like. I said last week or two. Last week. Right. Yeah. You're right. I didn't, I didn't. That's true. But there is a plan. There's a plan. Um, there is a plan. Deb said she always used to believe she needed large blocks of time to write. You do not need large blocks of time to write. I always say three days, three hours, a, three days a week, two hours each time. But if you only have a half an hour, the words you write in a half an hour are a lot more than the words you don't write in a half an hour. So if you only got 15 minutes, but that's when planning comes into play because right now I could look at the index cards on my wall and set the clock for 15 minutes and fall in and do it and pick up where I am right now and write for 15 minutes and stop if that's what I wanted to do. Um, you don't need large box of time to write. It's great if you have it, but you don't need it. Um, but I'm excited about it, Bree. I'm excited about it. I still love it as much as I did. The book came out of a dream that I had. And I'm still as excited about the idea as I was when I woke up from that dream in the middle of the night. Um, a lot has happened to me since the first time I finished the draft. Um, my agent believes in it. And that is both terrifying and exciting. Um, so yeah, I'm actually not as stressed out about it as I normally would be, or as I have in the past. It's going to get done. I believe that. Um, my, it doesn't have a title. My agent calls it swimming pool. Um, I said this on here before because she believes that this book is going to do well enough for her to get a swimming pool in her house. So whenever we talk about the book, she's like, what's going on? Where's my swimming pool? I didn't have a swimming pool for 2019. She's going to have a, 20, a swimming pool for 2020. Um, so yeah, I want to finish it by the end of the year, hopefully. Um, also, I'm not sure how it happened. Yes, I am sure. I've been doing a lot more one-on-one -on -one clients in the past six months. And that's been really satisfying. It's, uh, I like helping people. I sound so whack. I like helping people, but I really do. Like my client who just left, her name is Lauren and I can talk about her because she's already talked about what we're doing together on social media. And she's just dope and I love her book and she's a good writer. So I did a trick on Lauren and this is a horrible analogy to make, but this is the analogy. During slavery, uh, your first day on a new plantation, your fellow slaves would often tell you no matter what, take the lashes just don't work as hard as you possibly can which is impossible like you know you're working and you're getting beat down of course you're going to move faster and they would say nah you have to slow down you have got to just take this first beating so that they don't know what you can do so when the day's over you feel horrible because you got beat down for not working as hard as you can but at the same time now you can work that same amount going forward and they never need to know exactly what you can do, which is horrible. But I did the same thing to Lauren last week. I looked at her closely. I looked at her writing. I looked at her schedule. 
And I thought, how many words a week can I get out of this girl? And I said, I want you to write 3,500 words this week. And her eyes were like, what? I was like, you got this. Three hours, three days a week, two hours each day, 3,500 words. By the time you come back to me next Tuesday, next Wednesday. And she seemed a little skittish, but she was like, I'll try. Girl came in here today with 3,500 words. Good words, I might add. And I was like, she should have never did that. She did the wrong thing walking up in here with all these words. So now I know what she's capable of. So now I can say I want 5,000 words next week. I will not. But I know that Lauren can write 3,500 words in a week. I know that. She did it. It's a fact. And I kind of tricked her into doing that. Because if I would have said 1,500 words, she would have been like, oh, okay. Now, has she come to me and said, I'm sorry, I got 2,000 words done, but I could not do any more. I would say, that's great. That's your level, 2,000 words. And I would be very happy with that. Um, if she came in and was like, I thought I was 35, but it's actually 5,000 words. Great. Um, but I have to kind of assess what she's capable of so I can know going forward. Um, she can write three 3,500 words. She wants to be done by December 21st. And I think she can actually do it, which is pretty amazing. Anyway, um, that all came out of re-saying how's your book going. The answer to that is it's going. Not working on it right now, but it's going. Oh, I thought you were about to say something. Um, yes, Deb said. Hey, Cartel. Speaking of Cartel, speaking of mentees. So at Rutgers University, they had a Black Mentor Association. I don't know what the actual name was, but every African-American student well, who identified as African-American on their college app was assigned a mentor. Um, and then later, you would be assigned a mentee. So my mentor was Tanya Manning Harding, who is my Facebook friend, and I love her. Um, and my mentee was Cartel Myers. Yay! And Cartel's on here. That's crazy. Um, Cartel, the, the topic earlier today was mentors and how to get one. And for Cartel, it was pretty easy. Just be Black and go to Rutgers, and they're going to handpick you and say, Ali is your mentor. Cartel, was I really your mentor, or was I a friend? No, I wasn't your mentor. They had same gender. I was just good friends with your mentor, I think. And I just kind of adopted you, I think. Hi, Denise. Hi. Isn't that a better version of the mentor, though? What? Being adopted? The, the, yeah. And the organic, as opposed to being assigned? Uh, it depends. Because if he tells me that Anton was his mentor, who I, I suspect his mentor was Anton, then no, it was very good that it was assigned. I think the best case is what Cartel had, assigned and organic. Because if I remember, if I remember correctly, my roommate also informally adopted him. And we all just kind of took him under our wing. And this, that was 20 years ago. And if Cartel steps to me and needs anything, it's getting done um, just off GP. And I don't speak to him very often, but it is what it is. Can you have too many mentors? Yeah, for sure. I think so. I mean, what's... I guess not. I mean, what's too many? Ten? Can you have too many friends? Yes. Yeah, I guess you, you can. can. I guess 
I mean, can you support, how many can you support, honestly? Like, are you going out? Like, there's mentors you have lunch with. There's mentors you only know on social media. There's so many different types. I guess, no, you probably can't. I guess I just wonder in terms of, like, um, advice that doesn't necessarily run parallel. So one person saying to do it, suggest X, and the one suggests something complete opposite. I don't have energy for all that. I can't even imagine. Like, I don't have mentors i have mentors but actually i do exactly what you're saying if i have are you a mentor lord (laughs) were you here earlier are you a mentor for beginning writers well yolanda um no I hope that doesn't sound terrible, but we did talk about this earlier in the hour. Um, I think there are ways that you can find one, you know, you could, I was going to say you could email me, but you'd have to have like, okay, let's use Yolanda for an example. Cause she just asked me the question, are you a mentor? What do you need right there on the Instagrams? What do you need? If I said, yes, I am now your mentor as of 8.47 p.m., what would be your first thing that you would ask me for? And I'll tell you how you can get it without asking someone to be your mentor. Because saying, can you be my mentor? It's just like, can you be my girlfriend? Like, I don't know. Can I? Who are you? Do I like you? What? Do we know each other? Did we go to school together? Like, that's a lot to say. And maybe it's just me being old, you know? Maybe it's not that deep. Um, But I kind of freeze up. And, oh, but see, okay, so that's, so Yolanda has a point. She met me at this women's writers group in Newark, and she's kind of already my mentee. She might not know that, but that, that, that space was very special. I was a guest speaker at the Newark women's writers group at Newark Arts about three or four weeks ago. And it was just this room full of beautiful black women who just loved on me. And it was very emotional. And I hadn't been in a space like that in a long time. And I consider all those people my mentees, straight up. Like any of those people hit me up and ask me a question. If I can help, I'm going to try to help. And Yolanda's one of those people. So she doesn't have to say, do you mentor? All she has to say is, I met you at the women's writers group. I have a question for you. I'm answering her. That's it. She doesn't have to lead by saying, because I might not be her mentor, but I'm going to help her however I can. So again. So I think the other part of what happens when we talk about mentors and mentees is, at least for me, it sometimes is this um, Kung Fu master aspect of it where I'm with my mentor 24 hours a day and I'm you know, trying to snatch the pebble out the hand and everything else as opposed to what you're talking about where you have a question, just hit me up. Correct. And that's also mentorship. So I think there's a depth of it that people assume is like this really, really deep thing where it's like, I have to call you every day and it's this constant contact. Mm-mm. Unless you are working on your sobriety, you can't call me every day. Now, if you're trying to stop drinking, you need a sponsor. Hey, I'll help you. You can call me every single day. We'll go to a meeting every day. But writing, I don't get in the weeds like that as a mentor. So like, the things that you're asking right now, you could just ask me like here. You don't need a mentor to answer those questions for you. Um, 
You don't need that. Like, that's something you just ask writers about when they make themselves available. And I kind of feel like, y'all, I'm here every Wednesday for a full hour. Doesn't that mean that I'm mentoring every single person who comes onto this live? Like, I will answer every single question. So, like, you know that any question you have about writing, no matter what, unless I'm not here for whatever reason, Wednesday at 8, I'm here. Ask me. I'm going to answer. That's, a, that's being a mentor. I went to Columbia University to speak to a group of Black women journalists, and they were all asking me, well, how can I be your mentor? And can I be your mentor? I mean, mentee, what about me? And what about us? And what about uh? And I was like, like, why do y'all need it to be formed? Like, why we got to go together, though? And I was like, think of me as a slut. I am a slutty mentor. I am a mentor to all of you. And that's it. So my nickname, just among this group of women, is SM, which, yeah, it's kind of extra. Um, but, like, I can spread it around. I can just, like, you don't need me to be like, I'm going to call you every day. I feel we're like gonna you're going to regret this later. I know. <laughs> and you're going to, you know, we're going to work out together and we're going to punch the punching bag and we're going to learn new words and we're going to read ourselves together on the meadow and you'll read your writing to me and I'll read you. No, I got kids. I got a man. I got a 40 hour a week job. I got books I'm trying to write. I ain't got no time to be mentoring y'all like that. I do make it my business to be here every Wednesday at eight o'clock, most Wednesdays. Um, and I do, I'm more available than I should be, way more available than I should be. And the voice of God is nodding his head because he knows that that is true. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, Alicia, I'm going to come. No, I bet you it's pronounced Alicia, isn't it? Not Alicia. That would be my guess. Um, yes, I'm a slutty mentor, Doug. It is what it is. Yolanda, how hard is it to write a novel? It's so hard, Yolanda. It's so very hard. If people knew how hard it was, they wouldn't do it. It's so hard. In order to write a novel what it is that you want to write about and the feeling you're going to get when you're done has to far outweigh what it takes to get it done. It's horrible. Writing a novel is horrible. There's nothing fun about it. There's nothing pleasant about it. It's horrible. I love the process when it's, I have moments where I zone out and I enjoy the process, but they are few and fucking far between. It is not fun. I've never heard a writer say, I had such a great time writing today. Oh, it was so fun. That novel was just so fun. Um, writing a novel is horrible. Hashtag the end. But do it anyway. Childbirth is horrible too. Still do that multiple times, most of us. Um, hey, sometimes I get stuck on wanting to do more research before I can do more writing. Yes, I know that life. Do you have advice about how to keep writing and not keep that bogged down with research? I don't. Just don't do it. Um, that's the only thing I can tell you. A couple months ago, I was working on my novel, and a character ends up in Druid Hill Park in Baltimore. And I spent four hours researching Druid Hill Park. 
And the only reason why I chose Druid Hill Park is because it made sense geographically for what I needed to happen in Baltimore. So I can tell you about the monuments. I can tell you about the hours. I can tell you about this little slice of the park that's blocked off by two fences that kids sometimes will crawl into and do things. Um, I can tell you a lot of things about Druid Hill Park considering I've never been there. Um, the whole day. And you know what is in the novel? They made love in Druid Hill Park. Nothing else ended up there. Um, nothing. So it was just a day of not doing my work. It's fine. It doesn't, it doesn't happen often, but you can definitely get bogged down. There's no secret. There's no magic elixir to, to stop you from doing that. It's just discipline. What I will say is, Alicia, welcome to the family. Do you have a writing practice? Because if you write at the same times every single day and you don't do research, you save your research for other days, then your brain will stop making you want to do research when you're writing. Your writing time will become your writing time. And other days during the week, you'll find yourself doing research on your phone or at work or whatever. But if you train yourself, I write Monday, Wednesday, Friday from six to eight. Over time, when you don't research, you'll start to find that your writing practice will help you not do that. And yes, voice of God, I'm talking about writing practice again because it solves so many of the issues that people have. It really does. People talk about, you know, it was just flowing so much. I couldn't stop. Stop anyway. Writing practice will help it so that it flows all the time. Not just that one day you got 5,000 words and then you were in the bed for a month and not writing at all because you didn't have a writing practice. Um, someone said to me, or did I see this on social media? Someone said something about writing 10,000 words. I got 10,000 words done. Stayed up all night. And I'm like, that's the worst 10,000 words ever. If I have a client, you better not bring me no 10,000 words that you did all in one shot. I don't give a damn. I don't care how good it is. Save it. Because it's worth nothing. Those 10,000 words don't get published. People who publish books don't publish them because they wrote 10,000 words over the course of, in the middle of the night. Books get published when you write them over time in a disciplined format. It's just, there's no other way to get around it. Ask Stephen King. I've been telling y'all to buy the book for I don't know how long. You have to develop a writing practice. Can some people write feverishly in the middle of the night? Yes, I did it. I wrote a book that I don't remember writing, just like Stephen King has a couple of those. That's not sustainable at all. At all. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, writing practice. Yes, Alicia. That's the only way it can be done. Three days a week. Um, yeah, it's hard getting it back to that, but you can. Um, oh, Alicia, I remember. I remember our, our um, session. I'm really glad to hear that. That's awesome. I love your book. Your book is so dope. Um, yeah, you got something there. Oh, now I remember. Your book is hard not to research and write at the same time. Is this historical? Is it historical fiction or is it narrative nonfiction? Either way, I remember. And it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough because it's very research heavy and you're writing about a real person. So you're going to want to get it perfect. But if I'm not mistaken, you and I had a conversation that you already know enough to just write. 
and that you have to stop thinking that you need more research because you don't just write based off what's already in your head. Um, and then you can go back and switch it up. Yeah, man. Um, be gentle with yourself though. Cause your, your situation is a little bit more difficult because I'm really writing a novel. My shit is literally made up. So I really don't have any excuse for researching like that. Your situation is a little bit different, but still. Um, how do you get your writing habit back? Voice of God. Deb had a regular writing practice and she regrets letting it lapse. It's hard getting that habit back. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's, I guess it's any other thing. I think, I guess it's getting your workout back, which I've been struggling with as well. Um, I don't know, but it's 8.59. So let's see. We talked about a lot of things, I think. Assumptions now, tweaking the editing. Yes. Alicia, I think you should write that down on a post-it note and put it someplace where you can see it. That's what I do. And what you just said kind of struck me. And I think you need to look at that every single day before you start writing or even when you're not writing. Just literally. Assumptions now tweak in the editing. Just say that to yourself every day. Assumptions now, tweak in the editing. Say that to yourself before you start writing. You know, you have to give yourself a pep talk before you go for a run or lift weights or whatever it is you do. You gotta do the same thing with writing sometimes. What I say to myself, this is not the version in Barnes and Noble. That's what I have to remind myself. It's a draft, except it's now not a draft anymore. It's the actual book. Okay, nine one. I'll see you guys later. I'm out of here. Fifty nine. Thank you.